Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Welcome back, everybody. This is the third episode with Jenny Tan for Future Hacker. And I told you in the very first that it was going to be a true, true lecture here. So let's now cover cryptocurrency in general. So Jenny, thank you so much for staying here with us. It's a long episode. I really appreciate your time and your patience. So let's move on. Let's let's cover cryptocurrency and now in general, okay? I'd love to have a better understanding of the state of the current adoption, both in terms of users and the commercial applications. Because let's say that I know it's been growing, right? It's, it has been in the market, I think you mentioned for 12 years, something like that. So we do have way more people investing in cryptocurrencies. But how easy is it to, to actually use it, to, to trade it, to cash it out? You know, What's the liquidity of, of having cryptocurrencies? And also, I'm curious, if I'm not wrong, I heard in one of your podcasts that you recently, or not so recently, gave your employees the option of getting paid by cryptocurrencies. So for the ones that chose this method, was it more of an, an investment decision or were they already able to pay for the daily expenses that way? Okay, so let me answer your last part first about paying our staff in cryptocurrency. The answer is true. I was recently acquired. Again, I am a 3X founder. 3X founder meaning the companies I founded that have been acquired three times. The third one was recently acquired by the company that I'm with now. So that's why I'm a co-founder and COO. I'm not the CEO because it was the CEO who acquired me, right? So I joined the team and I became a co-founder and COO. So what this means is that when I had my own company, which was a decentralized social network, that the current NFT HODL assets acquire me, I did pay my staff in, in Bitcoin and Ethereum. At the time, if you look back, I launched my decentralized social platform called CoinLink in May of 2020, in the midst of the pandemic. Okay, as you know, here in the United States, we had a pandemic lockdown in March, and I still launched it in May, two months later. And around that time, Bitcoin was around seven to $8,000 per Bitcoin. Ethereum at the time was around below, I believe, a thousand, a couple hundred dollars, very low. Bitcoin at the time was only three to 4,000. Ethereum at the time was probably two to 300, if I believe. Bitcoin recently reached its all-time high of $69,000 per Bitcoin. And Ethereum recently hit an all-time high, I believe, was $4,500 or $600, okay? So as you can see, Maria, I'm going to use you as an example again. Let's just say, if Maria, if you were to work for me at that time and I paid you in Bitcoin or Ethereum, or you chose to get paid in, in Bitcoin or Ethereum, then, you know, let's just say if I were to pay you $3,000 a month. You're one of my team members, right? You can say, Jenny, can you pay me half in fiat so I can pay my bills? 
food, rent or whatever. And the other half, can you pay me in Bitcoin or Ethereum? And, and you choose. So now you see, Maria, if you would have worked for me for 12 months, right? Let's do the math. And if you get paid $3,000 per month in fiat, you would have $36,000. Even if you were to put 50% of that $36,000 in the bank, you will still have only $18,000 in your savings account, correct? So let's do the other way. The same way I pay you $3,000 a month for 12 months. But let's just say you chose 50% of your money in Ethereum. Ethereum, during the time of the pandemic, Ethereum was around $230. And then recently, Ethereum went up to $4,700. So let's just say from May, when you started working for me, that's when I launched, Ethereum went up, up, up to the end of 2020. Ethereum was at $600. Let's just say the average between when you work for me in May, which was around 200 to 600, the average would be $400. So let's just say back to fiat, $3,000 a month, 12 months is $36,000. You take 50% in fiat and 50% in cryptocurrency. That means $18,000 divided by $400 per Ethereum you have 45 Ethereum in your bank. Instead of $18,000 in your savings account, you have 45 Ethereum. At the peak of this year, which was $47,000, your $18,000 worth of fiat in your savings account, Maria, would have been $211,000 in Ethereum. Did you get what I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the reason why. And I use Ethereum. I didn't use Bitcoin. Bitcoin was prob would probably be more. So the difference between taking half of your salary in Bitcoin or Ethereum, those were the two that I paid my staff versus keeping your money in your savings account in fiat. To this day, December of 2021, your $18,000 will still be $18,000. But that $18,000 in cryptocurrency Ethereum would be $211,000 now. But let me go back to your first couple of questions. So basically, you asked me about users and commercial application challenges, scaling, and you know maybe tips for the starters. Okay, here's my tip for the starters. Get a mentor. Get a mentor because you're going to get lost. It's extremely high tech and it's extremely difficult to use. And that is the reason why scalability and current adoption is still very low. And let me give you the data. Here's the data. We have already learned through our conversation that Bitcoin was born in 2009. So it's been 12 years now that cryptocurrency has been in the existence. But how many people are using it around the world? Less than 4%. To be exact, it's only 3.9%, which equates to 
300 million users around the world. That means more than 96% of the global population is still using traditional fiat money. So that why is the scalability so slow for 12 years? Just 3.9% because it's very difficult to use. For example, if you wanted to buy Bitcoin or Ethereum or Dogecoin, the top three most popular, if you open a cryptocurrency account with Gemini here in the United States or Coinbase also here in the United States or Kraken also here in the United States, what they have is an on-ramp, off-ramp to fiat. Meaning that when Maria has an account with these three crypto exchanges, she can connect her bank from either Brazil or here in the United States. There's Bank of America, Chase Bank. I could connect my bank with these three institutions and I could buy my Ethereum or my Bitcoin using fiat. Okay. But if you have any other exchanges, you probably heard of Binance or other smaller exchanges. They do not have fiat on ramp or off ramp. They only have cryptocurrency called stable coins on ramp or off ramp. So what that means is you still got to open an account with Coinbase, Gemini, or Kraken. Connect your bank to one of those institutions. Then you got to buy a stable coin. Right now, the top two are Tether or USDC or USDT. That stands for Tether. Tether is USDT. Then you will send that stable coin to another exchange that do not have an on-ramp off-ramp fiat so you can buy all sorts of cryptocurrency now let me slow things down a little bit why can't you just stay with coinbase or gemini or kraken and buy all of your cryptocurrency the answer is coinbase gemini's kraken they don't list all of the cryptocurrency that's being offered in the world. The world right now has over 10,000 different cryptocurrencies. Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken, they probably list about only 20 or 30 of them. So the rest of the cryptocurrency that you may want to buy or gamble because you've heard your friends bought some, like for example, my company, Hodo Assets. Again, we have a cryptocurrency called Hodo. Okay. It's not listed on Coinbase. It's not listed on Gemini. It's not listed on Kraken. So what you do is if you wanted to buy my company's Hodo token, you have to open an account at one of those institutions, buy a stable coin, again, like USDT Tether, transfer that stable coin to an exchange that do list, that does list my company's HODL token, which happens to be Bitmark Exchange. You transfer the Tether there. Then you use the Tether to buy the HODL token. You see that? So for a normal person, Maria, 
very intimidating, very high tech. Now, recently, I have helped a lot of my high end, high net worth friends because obviously I came from Wall Street. So I have a lot of traditional financial friends or friends who have come from the financial industry, the traditional financial industry. They, they wanted to invest in my company. They wanted to buy the holding token because they make their bets on me, right? They don't know about cryptocurrency. They don't know what's going on with NFTs, but they know me. But guess what, Maria? It has proven to be that because a lot of my friends on the traditional side, they came in and they bought the HODL token, which is the company that I'm with, HODL Assets. The HODL token, which is 30 cents, 30 cents. They got 30 cents, 40 cents per token. Guess where it is today, Maria? $2 as of this morning when I woke up, $2.10. So for every $300 that my friends put in, they have over, what, $2,000 now. That's how crazy cryptocurrency is. The same as Bitcoin, the same as Ethereum, okay? So the tips for starters, you got to get a mentor. It doesn't matter how much you read, you can't. If you have a mentor like me and I just walk you through it once, trust me. When I physically walk you through it once, you're going to remember it for your entire life of how to do it. Then reading it, you're not going to get it. So that's number one. In terms of users and commercial application, there are not much. Commercial, you have Coinbase. Robinhood is, is another one, but Robinhood only offers Bitcoin and Ethereum and Dogecoin. Again, see all of these bigger exchanges, they don't offer all kinds of cryptocurrencies. That's why the adoption is still very low less than 4%. I do believe within the next 12 years, the scalability and adoption will be a lot higher than 4% of the last 12 years. So basically, here's the bottom line. What are the challenges for scaling and adoption with this case? You know, huge exchanges like Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken, all US-based company are the only ones that have fiat on-ramp, off-ramp. There are hundreds of other exchanges, like the exchanges that my token, my company's token is on, which is Bitmark. They don't have fiat on-ramp, off-ramp. I mean, they do, but it's extremely expensive, okay? So the process of converting fiat to a stable coin is extremely complicated for people to understand. So that's the complication to the challenges in scaling up adoption. I hope that makes sense, Maria. Very, very clear explanations. Thanks a lot, Jenny. You know, I'm I'm very curious. Like, how do you see the future of financial transactions? You've been talking a lot about decentralization, right? And that's all about what's blockchains about and, 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 and cryptocurrency. So do you see that the current role of the governments and central banks will completely change? As you know, these markets develop and for sure with technology is going to get easier, you know. So I understand that this is a current challenge and things are going to evolve and change. So do you see that due to this decentralized movement, the role of central banks are going to change? Or you think that they will somehow incorporate and set out the rules of the game, just like they are currently creating those central bank digital assets, the CBDCs? Or maybe it's just going to evolve to something completely different, you know? What's your bet? 
Well, definitely here, here are my bets. It would not be possible to have 100% decentralization. It is just not possible. But in the future, even 100% of centralization, that's not possible either. So both centralization, which would be the central banks, and decentralization, which is CBDC, which stands for Central Bank Digital Currency, they're going to collide. So I believe that there will be a mixture of both centralization and decentralization. For it to be a complete decentralization world alone, we're not going to see it for at least another 10 to 20 more years, if, if that were to be the case, to truly penetrate the majority of the global population to be decentralized. Now, let's talk about CBDC. What are they? And you're going to be start hearing a lot about it in the years to come. CBDC stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. Central Bank Digital Currency could be the future of money. So instead, you and I, Maria, like Maria, if you ever visit me here in Los Angeles, in California, United States, you're probably going to convert Brazilian money to U.S. dollars, right? So when you come and visit me, you probably have some dollar bills physical in your wallet, or you may be using a credit card, a debit card, or whatever. In the future, there will be no more physical money, no more paper money, no more physical coins, okay, like those silver coins that we that all of us have when we travel around the world, or dollar, or, or physical money, no more of that. It's going to be in a form of a CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. For example, China, they've been touting to be the first country to use a digital yuan, digital yuan. That's a part of the CBDC. They've been testing it for the past few years, and they probably started to use it already. But here's the problem. We are a global economy. What's the use when you come out first if you're the only one? Who are you going to use it with, right? So the only thing you're going to use is within your country. That's it. Okay, so what I have heard is friends who are traveling to China they do say that China, they don't use paper money anymore. They, they use an app, a QR code on their app. So that's what money is. So we just going to carry around a phone, an app, and every time we pay something, we just tap the app and boom, it deducts from our, our bank. And, and it's, it's all digitized. Okay, no more paper. So that is what I believe the future of financial transaction is going to be, Maria, it's going to be both centralized and decentralized. But for sure, money is going to be slightly more decentralized. And it's going to go through the process of the CBDC. So we're going to hear about the digital yuan, the digital dollar, basically, the currency name, you just add the word digital in front of it. That's all CBDC. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Sounds promising. It's going to be great not to have to be using physical coins and physical money anymore, right? So I have a last question for you, also 
just a curiosity that I have. You know, you're clearly a person ahead of our time, right? You're connected to new opportunities. You seem like someone that is very fearless of creating your own path. So let's forget a bit about finance world only. So if you were to invest in a completely different market in which you see that is changing the game of our future, of how we operate in the future, is there anywhere besides the financial world you would be betting your coins on? Well, this is interesting question, but it's also an easy one for me because, again, I, I might be way early on, but that's what it is. You got to be early, right? Especially with technology. I would definitely bet on one buzzword. And when I say this buzzword, please go ahead, your audience, your listener, Google about it, study about it, because it's going to happen. And that buzzword is metaverse. Oh, I knew it. Metaverse. So the metaverse is a buzzword for now. You can say it, you don't believe it, or whatever the case is, but everyone is getting into it. Facebook already changed its name from Facebook to Meta because of the metaverse. Microsoft is working on their own metaverse. Intel is working on their own metaverse. Everybody's working on their own metaverse. So let's talk about it. What is the metaverse? The metaverse is basically is another world. So let me give you an analogy of the metaverse. If you've seen the movie Avatar, and I know that you do, because Avatar is the top-selling movie of the entire world of all time. In this movie, the main character's name is Jake Soley. Sully Soley. I hope I, I pronounced that name right. Played by actor Sam Worthington. So in the movie, this character, Jake Soley, he was paralyzed. He was a paralyzed former Marine. But then, through the metaverse, through this other world called Navi, he became mobile again. And not just mobile. He was one of the strongest men in this other world. He even fell in love with a woman in this other world. So that's the metaverse, people. Jenny Ta, Maria, were both in the human world. Let's call it, what, are we in the 5D world, 3D world, 5D world? I don't know, 3D, 5D. So when the metaverse is going to be built, and there's going to be multiple metaverse, my company, we're building a metaverse too. Facebook has its own metaverse. We're going to have our own metaverse. Microsoft's going to have their own metaverse. Everybody can build their own metaverse. So let's think of it as another analogy, Maria. Let's take social networks, right? Everybody knows what a social network is. There's a Facebook social network. There's an Instagram, which is also owned by Facebook. But then again, there's a Twitter that's not owned by Facebook. There's LinkedIn that's not owned by Facebook, right? There's TikTok. It's not owned by Facebook, right? Or Reddit is not owned by Facebook. YouTube is not owned by Facebook, right? But they're all in a form of a social network. Imagine, replace the terms social network to the word metaverse. 
Facebook Metaverse, YouTube Metaverse, Twitter Metaverse, TikTok Metaverse, Reddit Metaverse, Instagram Metaverse, and have them all collide. Collide. They're not colliding right now. If you have an account on Instagram, you can't collide with your account on Twitter. It's not connected. If you have an account on Facebook, you can't collide even with Instagram under the same platform. You have to open a separate account. But in the metaverse, even though there are different metaverses, I project, projection here, forecast, okay? My Jenny Ta avatar in the metaverse, the same way as Jake Soli in the movie Avatar, when he went from a human paralyzed former Marine into the character in the Navi world, Jenny Ta's gonna do that. Jenny Ta in the real world is who you're talking to today, but I'm gonna have an avatar in the metaverse. And in the metaverse, even though I'm gonna start out with my metaverse, which is from Hoto Assets, eventually our metaverse is gonna collide and connect with Facebook's metaverse, Instagram's metaverse, Microsoft's metaverse, everybody's metaverse. It is gonna be a ginormous world of metaverse. And the thing is, Maria, in the metaverse, it is like a real world. What does that mean? You can spend real money to buy stuff, like you could buy real estate in the metaverse. You can attend concerts in the metaverse. You can build businesses and casinos in the, the metaverse, exactly in the real life. So we're going to live in two separate lives, okay? You need to go and watch a movie called Free Guy. Free Guy, okay? Watch it this weekend or whenever you have time. Starring Ryan Reynolds, famous, super handsome actor, just recently came out. In this Free Guy, you will understand this movie Free Guy, what I'm talking about between the real world and the metaverse because it could happen like the movie Avatar, a real person would fall in love with someone in the metaverse. But the thing is, unless your avatar in the metaverse is controlled by a robot, but each avatar in the metaverse should equate to a real life human being, okay? So like Jenny, I'm real life in a human world, and I create an avatar in the metaverse. So if someone falls in love with me, my avatar in the metaverse, then that's me. But then again, they might not know that's me. But then there's also this thing too. A man can create a woman avatar. A woman can create a man avatar. So they can play opposite sex in the metaverse. It's going to be wild, Maria. That's all I'm saying. But, okay. And again, an 80-year-old woman can create a 20-year-old avatar and then somebody in the metaverse will fall in love with this 20-year-old woman, but in real life, she's 80 years old. That will happen too. But hold on to your seats because the metaverse is not coming, but it's already here. It's already here. And that is Gen Z and future generation 
That's what their social media that we grew up, the boomers, the Generation X, even millennials, we all grew up in social media. But starting with Gen Z and beyond, they're going to grow up in the metaverse. Did that amaze you? It is. It's pretty insane. Pretty insane. So for sure. I would bet on the metaverse. Uh, that's a... You know, I think that you and many people that are listening to you right now are going to agree. It was such, such a pleasure to have you with us on the show. I'm really delighted. Great conversations, a lot of rich content, a lot of great lectures. So thank you so much for your availability. And, you know, the doors are going to be always open to you. I'm pretty sure that, you know, in the coming month, you're going to be creating new opportunities and venturing out there. So anytime you have news, the doors are going to be always open to you. Thank you, Jenny. Well, thank you, Maria, and uh, to your audience and to uh, particularly everyone in Brazil and everyone around the world who have a chance to uh, listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And again, I will be around if you need to reach out to me. I'm on Twitter all the time. You can find me on Twitter under JQT which is the initial of my name, Jenny Qta, JQT underscore galaxy. And again, spell the word galaxy with an E at the end, not a Y. So you can find me on Twitter. You can connect with me and you can reach me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn is Jenny Qta. Once again, thank you so much for having me and I'm grateful for the invite. Thanks again, Maria. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.